Hello everyone and welcome to By The Book Podcast. This is a special mini-series based on NaNoWriMo, which is the National November Writing Month. Uh, with me are, are my hosts, so we're with Becky, hey, Chris, hey, and Jamie. Hello! So we are decided to inflict each other with the promise of writing a novel within a month and we're doing this podcast to kind of document what's happening there. And uh, yeah. Sorry, can we just pause? Can it's just, it's national novel, out, it's novel writing. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the three of us are here, like, oh shit, Sam, it's not November. It's, it's novel. not November. It's novel. <laughs> I think I think that's my bad because I I think it was. I think I said to you it was November when we spoke in your kitchen. Jamie, I've got the website up went, and I was looking at website, it as yeah. I said it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I I recuse myself from <laughs> the blame then. That's entirely on me. Uh, this is staying in. Um... Perfect. Perfect. This is flawless. Uh, we are flawless. Flawless as always. Um, so someone who knows more about this than me can speak what um, National Novel Writing Month is, really. I've, I've only really done this, started this this year because I was intrigued. Um, I've tried a couple of times. This is the first time I got this far with it, but I have jumped on the bandwagon a few times and fallen off. What really stumps me is the national bit because it seems to be an international affair. I believe it started as national and has since grown exponentially. That and I think that in NaNoWriMo it doesn't sound quite as good. Yeah, no right. No rhymo. Sounds more Thank like you. something that Sam would have said when like... trying to say NaNoWriMo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, for those of you listening at home, tears are streaming down my face in shame, but, um, but that's fine. That's fine. You so can't the see idea them. is that you just write a novel in a month that is fifty thousand words long. Yeah. I, I love I love yep. all the con the caveats that it does. It says it doesn't have to be fifty thousand words. You you can start now, and it's just like everything just to get people on board with kind of the creative process. And there seems to be a lot of things yeah. in like uh, mm. there's write-ins and kind of public. Uh, spaces where you can go meet other writers and, and yeah norfolk is really like um it's really active for all of the meetups and stuff i've joined a, a norfolk oh, really? nanowrimo group on facebook and i'm sure there's one in your area so just do a google um but yeah they, they actually have quite a few write-ins and people if they're sitting somewhere in a public space writing they'll post on there and say hey i'm here if anybody's about come and join me we'll do like a quick sort of speed session and they'll try to write a certain amount of words in a certain amount of time together. So that's where people will get together and just work on their own stories. But the, I guess the thought being that you can be a bit more productive when someone's almost also watching you, making sure you're working, yeah. I guess. Yeah, plus they're sort of sharing how they're doing. And there's a sort of, I, I think from what I've heard, there's a bit of a competitive nature to it as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, somebody will look up and be like, I've done 500 words. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to... So this is a Gimli Legolas kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, jumped 34. It's... 37. That's that is how I do a writing. Six... It's very much like, I've killed this many characters. How many have you got left? <laughs> <laughs> all right, George. Yeah, oh George. Is... Oh, we, we all want to be John Reese davies in, in these situations. In anything. And in real anything. life. In <laughs> anything. Uh, so I was thinking we could introduce our book concepts. 
Oh shit! Yeah, we are meant <laughs> yeah, to. Have, cool. We are meant to have started some of those. So, uh, okay, I mean, cool. I've definitely done that. It's just whether it holds up. <laughs> All right, should we just go one by one then? Yeah. Sure. I will, I will start. Uh, my book, uh, I've been keeping a secret for no reason other than it was fun to... To annoy not, me. To annoy you and a couple of other people about the title. Uh, so on NaNoWriMo, I'm listed as the novel... <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> it is listed as 46224, uh, which, which just means they're the number of letters in the title, which is with stones on my back. It's a book about... It's a book in a fantasy setting that uh, Jamie cooked up a couple of years ago and we kind of tossed around and I found the world really interesting and the kind of politics of it. It was kind of born off the back of us watching the first series of Game of Thrones together. Obviously, Jamie had read the book, uh, but I was kind of interested in the wider... You know, War of the Roses politics, and we kind of just made this world. But I seem to remember going through that entire concept document. Whenever we came across a concept, we were like, "No, no, no! We'll subvert it. We'll do something interesting." <laughs> and, Sounds about right. And by <laughs> I, doing that, we've ironically kind of hit the mainstay of most fantasy books. Uh, so we're there, like, "No, no! Uh, there's a war. There's a war north south. No, there isn't. There's a war east west." And we're like, "Ooh!" <laughs> And they were like, "Okay, take that a... generic fantasy." Exactly. Uh, there's a there's some kind of physical and then barrier. You the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and then there's some kind of we're like, "Oh, there's some kind of physical barrier to one end." Yeah, what would we call it? Oh, it's just the war. Oh, fuck. Oh, pissed. Oh. <laughs> uh, and there's a rebel faction of magic. Is so we've got uh, we've just got this uh, quite large document with lots of town names and kind of cultural... A lot of world-building stuff. Yeah, a lot of world-building yeah. stuff, and we've got a mini-map. Um, but I was interested, because I, I remember I was uh, at work one day, and I was just kind of thinking, what would I write? And I was kind of thinking, I'd like to write a book about having dyslexia, uh, but in a relatable way, other than I tried something today, and it didn't work, and my noodle got hurt. So I was kind of presenting <laughs> it as your adventurer goes to do some stuff and they're not quite as good as they want to be and this is how their life turns out because of how talented they are. So I kind of wanted to show how dyslexia affects me but in a more fun package with wizards and swords. Sounds you're good. making dyslexia a superpower is what you're saying. No, 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 it's definitely not a superpower. But, <laughs> uh, but, it's, but I, I'm kind of presenting it in that vain whereas lots of and it's turned out to be a bit of a young adult themed novel there's kind of a lot of young adult tropes you know they have to go through a coming of age process and there are bullies and friends and things uh, so that's been interesting uh, sorry I've talked way too much about my book that sounds uh, really cool oh, that's awesome well, thank you, you. Uh, and I kind of just came up with the to uh, title because sometimes dyslexia or some kind of a handicap feels like you're just carrying stones on your back doing everything. So they're like, "Yeah, that sounds that's pretty good. cool." That's really good. I like Damn, it. Damn, that's like deep and shit. Yeah. Hashtag deep. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, it's pretty much all Willy references abound. So it's just pretty much surface level intellectual. Excellent. <laughs> just Willy's all the way down. Will Willy's all the way down. John. John Isn't Green's that a new John new Green book? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Willie's all the way down and paper nudes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Becky. Me next. Oh, God. Um, we'll go alphabetically, yeah. 
Okay, well, I tend to only um, be capable of writing short stories. So when Sam brought this up, I was like, it's a good time to try and force myself to write something longer than a couple of thousand words. Um, but, yeah, short stories is definitely my preferred way of writing. So it's quite a kind of out of my comfort zone thing. Um, so I got Sam to give me an idea. And um, I think you gave me the last line. And um, like a kind like of an overarching concept. Yeah, and then like a concept, and the concept was, um, she has the last library in the world, and last night all of the other books disappeared. So she's the only one. Nice. So that's quite cool. I won't tell you the last line because I'll ruin it. <laughs> um. So I. Uh, uh, well, me and Sam fell into the trap of going on holiday at the start of November. Um, <laughs> so we're both very behind. But um, I've called it Books on a Cliff's Edge uh, because as part of his concept, he told me she lived in Cromer, which is near where I live, um, which is at the seaside, just in case people don't know that. Um, and, yeah, and it's it's been a bit surprising. <laughs> Um, I don't know really how to describe it. So it, it turns out she's got a bit of a tragic backstory going on. Um, and then there are aliens. Shock. Um, and <laughs> and now there's a whole other storyline. So we'll see how it goes. Hmm. Yeah. I don't really know what's happening, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Do you have an idea? Because I, 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 you've already, you have told me the last line. Do you have an idea of how you're going to get there at least? I know. I know. Okay, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know how <laughs> to go into it without talking about it I too wanna, much. I don't, yeah, I don't want specifics, but, I just wanted to know whether you had an idea. That was yes. You do. That's the only way I can answer it without talking at you yeah. for about half an hour about how clever <laughs> I think I'm being. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it will probably be like you guys will read it and be like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a thing. Those are words. It, um, yeah, those works. That's great. Um, but yeah, I feel like I know exactly what's happening at the end. Um, and as soon as I read it, it was completely clear to me. I think, Sam, you said when you gave it to me, you thought that was what would happen. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I, I tend towards the tragic. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to happen straight away, but it was just a case of, like, how how do I fill 50,000 words when I normally yeah. only write 2,000? So, yeah, that's kind of my challenge. Cool. I think uh, I'll jump in now because yeah. mine kind of is the complete opposite of Becky. Becky knows me well enough that I don't do anything shorter than oh yeah, so eight if or we, nine books. If me and Chris <laughs> were one person, we'd probably be okay. Yeah, but I, I, every time I come up with an idea, I'm like, oh, that can happen in like seven years' time in the storyline. And before there, here's these sixteen things that need to happen. Um, so this one, I have restricted myself. I I know what the end is. The concept for it is um, it's a girl who's gone back to her mother's house after years of a strained relationship because her mother's disappeared um, and while she's going through the house and dealing with the memories and trying to sort everything out because it's been months since she went missing and everyone's assumed she's dead etc um, she finds a crack under the window in her old bedroom that leads to this strange white world um, and she's able to go through and kind of explore it and find out about this history and these 
this thousand people that were living there that have all vanished and it's about her dealing okay. with the implications of this based on a, a sociological study called universe 25 which i won't go into details on but i highly recommend people look it up because it is creepy it's as really hell. it's really creepy chris made me look it up and i looked it up at night and i regretted it it's so messed up but uh yeah that's pretty much my thing so i've just been trying to restrict myself to knowing that when she gets to the end of her story there can't be anything else that is the uh, end yeah right okay because it's done for her no <laughs> so that presents its own challenges for you i guess i mean well the main challenge is the fact that it's just her in the house and in this other world so it's literally her on her own all the time that makes sense to the comment you made the other day when you were like, uh, I'm 20,000 words in and I've just done dialogue. I was just going to say, yeah. It's the first I, time. Yeah. I literally had to think for ages um, the other day about how I could get dialogue in because it was it was just the same thing over and over. It was just her thoughts. And I had to steal an idea from a game. If it's good, Does she steal. go batshit crazy and start talking to herself? No. Um, no spoilers, but... Has anyone played um, they, um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture? No. no, the the walking well, simulator. You should. you should. It's beautiful. And You've mentioned it to me quite a lot, ever. haven't you? Yeah. Um, essentially, the, the, this, what I've stolen is that um, as she goes through this weird white world um, on the other side of the crack, she sees snapshots of people's lives, and she can overhear bits of their conversations, and it's all disjointed, and it's just these tiny little pieces of the people's lives there and as she goes through she'll start building it up and being able to understand what happened right mm. that's cool because I, really like I wanted her nice. to kind of hear the voices of these people but not I, don't, I didn't want her to be able to discuss anything I wanted it all to be her personal journey and not sharing it with anyone okay that's really interesting yeah. that, that must be so difficult oh my god, oh, god I'm just thinking yeah. about that and I'm like uh <laughs> yeah that's going to be so much editing <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what is your book about? Well, I want to preface mine with the fact that... So, basically, last week, Sam and I um, found ourselves in discussion in his kitchen where he told me that he was doing Nano Rhino Mono Mono, whatever he called <laughs> no, it. No, 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 there's only seven Mo's in Nano Rhino. Sorry, <laughs> right, my, I, my bad. I, I just want to point um, out, I was... I was there, so, you know. You were also there, <laughs> like, so, whatever, sorry. I was talking to Sam and Becky. I mean, I think you're um, left out, but, you know, distance. Chris was in the <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> yeah. So, we were talking about how he was writing, um, he was jumping on and talking about the Earth story he was going to do, and that was based on some of the stuff I'd previously uh, been writing for, which coincidentally was uh, started as part of an effort to do NaNoWriMo in, like... 2011, 2012, oh, so wow. quite a while ago. Oh, Jesus, was it that long ago? I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that. So I was like, well, I've, I love writing. I've not done any in a very long time. Why, do you mind if I sort of tag along? And you're like, yeah, yeah, you crack on. What, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got no idea at this time. <laughs> so um, Sam and Becky have come up with a writing prompt for me, uh, like a line to include, and... Let me just find it. Where has it gone? <laughs> I and I can't we did that. So the line, yeah, the line to be included was looking at the wreckage. He knew it was time to return, and the concept being that my protagonist is being followed by a familiar face. So that just instantly set some uh, some cogs whirring, which was great. Um, so my um, my book is about uh, it's a sci-fi. It's currently not doesn't have a title, so you're all putting me to shame. But it's basically I'm looking at um, my main protagonist has just um, gone to a new world 
that's just been colonized and terraformed to be habitable by humans and my idea with it is that it's actually a rather than say look the united states of america or the united nations or whoever who's in charge of this new new planet is actually like a company who've um are the ones who've sort of conquered space exploration they're the ones who've made it possible Elon and it's Musk. kind of it, I was totally going to Yeah, that. well yeah, that's kind of where it's come from. Um so it's it's turns out that the the main protagonist is an agent I am um, on behalf of like Earth and Mars and the confederation that they've come up with in the in the distant future and how he's investigating some of the goings on cuz it's a little bit suspicious. So it, I I won't go too much into what he finds and stuff, but it, it's kind of him exploring this new world and I'm I'm planning on throwing in a, f- a couple of little horror little bits as well mm. maybe so we'll, we'll see how it goes mine's a bit more exploring as I'm going because I'm a little bit late to the party but I'm, I'm really enjoying the process so far so fingers crossed it, it turns out okay oh good stuff um, I'm if we're going on to kind of like uh, how we're finding the actual oh hang on pause guys sorry oh. yeah sorry I'm thinking about tea do you want anything um, I'll come I'll do mine I'll have something Jackie okay can I have something, Jackie? Like I'm actually quite hungry now. <laughs> that was me, Mum. <laughs> say hi. She's gone. Everyone says hi. <laughs> yes. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Hang on. So we're moving on to kind of the 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 mechanics of actually writing and that as a process. Uh, I'm finding I'm hitting blocks the whole time. Like I'm basically just keep because uh, I don't all I know is where I want this book to end up in the kind of general trend because mm. um, I, I I do want this to be part of three books depending on how this ends because you know it's a young adult novel you need a good trilogy um, oh yeah you yeah. want that trilogy of films too Sam you want that tri- <laughs> I'm, and I'm going to get um, I'm going to get um, Jeremy Irons to pretty much do everyone um, who isn't already being doomed by, by Gary Oldman and I'm just going to get that to as them. Uh, if yeah. they could make out at some point, uh, I think. Um, yep. But and the you, point you need Peter Dinklage watching from a background, just suspiciously <laughs> yes. with a mustache, because I think he did quite well as um, was it Tusk in. Anyway, I'm getting way off track. Um, <laughs> the, the one of the reasons I wanted to start this is because, as I said, my dyslexia uh, inhibits me from writing long form or doing anything constructive with a cohesion so this is meant to help me just kind of go yeah just just keep writing doesn't really matter i mean no one's really gonna uh, no one's gonna be pouring over it to publish un- until i'm ready to publish it and it goes blockbusters so apart from that um <laughs> uh, we were at warner brothers at the harry potter park so that's what i'm scoping up to uh, to beat that achievable goal achievable goal yeah you need it you need it to be achievable yeah uh, but i um yeah so i'm finding the writing process very difficult until i basically just kind of set some fuck it rules uh which are i got to a stumbling block where i was writing and then i pretty much just pressed enter a couple of times and then started a completely different chapter like it's definitely either several chapters ago or that first mm. bit that i've written is like um what's it called like a vignette mm. um kind of like a pretext to whatever's happening later and so i keep finding myself that i'm writing big sections chronologically as they happen to the character and i ha- and then when i hit a problem 
and basically just keep writing and then at some point I was like there's nowhere interesting for this to go nothing's happening and then I just press enter a couple of times and I'm like and I'm somewhere new and it, it's implied that the reader That's will tomorrow Sam's problem uh, either it's tomorrow Sam's problem or like I found that I was getting my main character to be admitted into um, a university of learning and I was basically going and then he meets two people and then he walks through the doors and then he goes through to the admissions office by walking down the corridor mm. I was like this is boring as shit no one's gonna read this so I basically went this guy <laughs> says you need to go to admissions and then he's in the admissions office and I'm like yeah, okay yeah. that that flows better uh, but what yeah. I also found a problem was um, that I switched um, from first person to third person within the first paragraph. I was like, I do this, I do that. I'm like, no, that doesn't feel it doesn't feel right for this kind of story. So I swapped it out. Uh, but what I made <laughs> the results the... were fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to post these in the show notes. Um, but I basically press Control F and I. And replaced it with the protagonist's name. Um, so I'm actually going to try. Oh yeah, I saw a and... screenshot of this. It is yeah, just same. special. I am um, I am new to this experience. I am going to try and find the little it's bit because I I also did it for Jamie's protagonist. Um, <laughs> okay, so in my bit, I'm just going to read a couple of lines after. <laughs> 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 After bursting Erstold, Erstin the Hurst in the new Lodge Hurstings, and a small booklet of Hurst's new roles of the Jude Hursties, uh, Hursting into Hurstman, the Lou Hurstenant, Bra, <laughs> Bra Hurstall Hurstweight, Erst set out to look to be Red, uh, uh, Reg Hursted for the Uni Hurstavies. <laughs> You slated me here. Yeah, and and so I did it for. Uh, do you mind me spoiling your character's main line? Cause no, I need to... no, no. Uh, so uh, Jamie's protagonist is called Robert. Um, so of all gore, Roberting was. <laughs> uh, what was so Roberting was that the Robert was Boo Roberting <laughs> Roberting. <laughs> I wish think? people could see your face right now. Sam. I know uh, that's magical. the bit that makes it the best. Is that I can see your face as you're doing this. Oh, you're enjoying that so much. <laughs> the gleam Robertine marble columns of the golden statues of the scholars were Magic Roberts. <laughs> Just so the listeners know, he is wiping tears from his eyes. <laughs> He has got a lovely shade of red. Uh, but yes, so I, that's the main issue I found when writing, is that Control-F does not fix all the problems I want it to. <laughs> what, um, out of interest, what um, what is everybody using? First person? Third person? Third. I'm using third first. too. Am I the only one I, doing I, first? You'd have I, to. From the sound, I was going to say, from the sound of it, it would make sense for yeah. your story. It'd be a bit weird if it was third, but I'd, it's almost. It would for be me, weirder if it was enough. second. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her move across the room, and she spoke to herself, but she didn't know I was there. <laughs> um, yeah, I almost think, feel like there's a, almost a sense of you've got to be quite brave and and to do first person well. I'm not sure I had the uh, the guts to. to it's give got it a to go. be incredibly personable. Like you've got to really live in that skin. That's what I found difficult. Mm. It's like whilst I relate to Erst, I can't say 
I saw this person and I saw this person. Uh, but and then, oh, see, I so, find first so much easier because yeah. of the fact that I don't then have to think about what every other character also knows. That if the main character doesn't yeah. know it, then there doesn't need to be an it. answer. See, I find see, I normally write in first person, and since this is such a break for me from what I how I normally write, in that I normally write short fiction. Um, I was like, let's not do first person for once and do third. And it's really difficult. I'm finding it really tough, actually. The main thing I find See, I would... tedious is saying the protagonist's name so many times. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying so to, like, slope it? it off as much as possible by, like, having other characters say, why aren't you sitting correctly? Or, like, making them comment on the actions of the protagonist rather than it being focused on the protagonist. And it's difficult. And I also found weird uh, language choices difficult. Like, the main character's mum and dad are in it. And, uh, and I just sat and I wrote, mother and father. I'm like, why do I need to say mother and father? Would my character refer to them as? But then I typed in mum and dad and I'm like, I can't have a fantasy novel where he calls his mum and dad, mum and dad. <laughs> All right, ma. You're right, mum. <laughs> I don't think anyone's found an elegant solution for that, actually, in all the ones that I've read. Yeah. No, I think so. Like, even I've referred to the, um, the my main character's mother as mother, and it feels slightly wrong, but that I can get away with because they've had a bad relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a distancing thing. <laughs> so they, they formalised it and distanced yeah, it a bit. Like, yeah, I can get away yeah. with that, but that, that was kind of part of the reason why they have a bad relationship. <laughs> mother! Just call me mum. Mother! <laughs> she doesn't even call her mother a lot of the time. She literally just refers to her as she. Wow. <laughs> that was just Cold. because I got fed up with seeing the word mother everywhere. That's yeah. barge pole distance. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I will actually like when you were saying Sam about like um, having the character go down a corridor and to this door and then open the door. That is most of my book. Mm. Is how, I... like I pulled a box of things out and I went through them and some of them were this and some of them were that and then I went and had a coffee, like. <laughs> But you're, I feel that your book has to tell it from this perspective because you're almost... It sounds like you really want to kind of encapsulate that video game feel where you're doing all the actions and, and everything you that has consequence happens at you. Uh, and not many points do I feel that in your novel you can go, and then I sat down for six hours and just chilled out. <laughs> that's I think my biggest problem is that because I've got this like consistent flow of narrative from beginning to end without too many breaks apart from her falling asleep or mm -hmm. the end of a chapter I kind of I feel like she's always got to be doing something or else it just doesn't f work so I'm constantly having her like I'm going to leave that until later and then the next chapter she's like I'm going to go back to that thing that I left mm. <laughs> it's, it, there's a lot of repetition to it that's starting to drive me a bit insane but then, isn't that quite an interesting thing for the reader? I hope so. To to have to, to have to do that stuff because they're not used to it, so they'll be there like, "Oh my god!" And it, but it's actually like, it's it's more indicative of how the character is actually ex like experiencing things. Yeah. Does that make I sense? Just, yeah, I just hope that comes through in the final one because right now it's just, "Oh my god, put the box down and leave the house, woman." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn on all of the lights. Can, can I ask you guys how you found? Like, I find myself self-critiquing or editing way too much. Like, I should. I've got an idea for a sentence. I'll write it down and then go, "Oh, that's awful," and I should probably just move on. But then I just want to tweak it, and then before I know, it, it's like five minutes, and I've done two lines because I've just done that 
constantly. See, My I issue. normally do this all the time, but I've been um, because I was away when I started and I didn't ha- I didn't have a laptop with me or anything. I started handwriting it, and I'm not going to stick with this for the whole fifty thousand because Handcraft no are a real problem. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Well, I can't actually hold a pen for more than like about half an hour because I've got this weird thumb thing that anyway. Um, so it's it's infinitely impractical, but it's meant that I've edited myself less because I'm using pen, and I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about that now. <laughs> See, I'm normally the same as Becky. I normally edit ridiculously heavy, but this time I found I'm not, and I think it's just because I'm trying to get through to the more interesting bits. Yeah. I'm finding it difficult because with my dyslexia, I make a lot of spelling errors and a lot of grammar. The grammar errors less, but spelling errors more, especially with things like words like access and accommodation and lots of things that have interesting spelling rules. But so I usually write a thing and then I'm sat there for the next two minutes undoing all the spelling. And then because I'm looking at the spelling, I'm like, oh, that sentence structure is not right. But I'm, what I'm really trying to do is just kind of blitz the whole thing and as they say edit in December like but I don't yeah. I try and limit myself to editing within the sentence if it's if it's a style choice option like I was I was talking um, about uh, in this room with this other person and he's basically just writing on a piece of paper while the characters you know nervously like twitching and stuff and he's there like I was using the wrong words I was using like words like austere when I actually meant uh, flamboyant and things, and I was kind of editing within the sentence. But as soon as I kind of go beyond that, uh, I just you try I just not to leave go it. back. Yeah, but it's yeah. very difficult. That's quite a good way of dealing with it, though. Like, sort of only so you can't over edit because, as Jamie said, he sort of realizes that oh, I've been here for however long. Mm. If you only if you sort of limit it to the sentence before, and like the rest is sort of deadlocked, if you will, then you can kind of yeah yeah not spend too much yeah. time i think that's something that i'll definitely take going forward is just to try to edit less and as you say you know december's for editing it is really hard on a page oh, see, I'm i think because i'm editing until like january i want a month <laughs> well i was i, I was talking space. to a few people i was talking to a few people ahead of this i was like look who wants to be in on this and we could do a podcast and lots of people were like no because i do want my computers to not be burnt uh, because I will just set it on fire and just abandon the project. Uh, but it is, it's difficult. And what I keep finding is that I almost write myself into a corner. I'm like, why have I made the character do this? Because my character isn't yet confident enough to be an agent of the story. He's kind of a, he's kind spectator of spectator more. Yeah, he's a spectator at the moment. And kind of one of the concepts that I want to bring across is that the more confident the protagonist gets in his skill set, he'll become more of an agent of the story and less of a spectator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, it does mean that the story pulls my character to places that I'm not quite sure I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that more than what I always have, which is um, you have a clear goal for where your character is going, and then they decide to take a left turn instead of a right turn, and about yeah. three chapters later, you suddenly realise they've led you to a different plot, and you're there like, that's nowhere near where I need you to be right now. That's not what and I wanted, but this... To go back. That's not but, what I, I mean, wanted, be... but this luminous green snail is telling me some interesting <laughs> plot points, so... <laughs> I'll just stay here. But, I'll hang out. Yeah, That's got to be a good thing. That's got to be at least an indication that you're writing your characters in such a way that they, you know, they are making believable 
choices yeah. and you're, you are thinking from your character's perspective i would agree I think... until i had like this was maybe three years ago and i was writing one of my books and a character um walked into the middle of a scene about a book and a half before he was supposed to even exist in the story oh, right and i okay. suddenly realized I that everything i, I was that. leading up to couldn't work because this guy had turned up early well, see, but it I've... made sense. It made sense for him to be there at that moment. It just ruined everything I had planned. Mm-hmm. Which, right. as a writer, I'm sure is a pain in the ass. But as a reader, it's exciting. I'm reading, yeah. yeah, I want to be able to read believable actions from a character. Like, yeah. that it would make sense for the character to do that. Rather than, oh, well, why have they suddenly done this? Oh, and you see in ten pages' time, it's because the they had said meet yeah. plot point A needed to be met. And this was how the, was the best way to get them there. Yeah. See, I found that my, actually my, it, my characters are kind of, as Sam said, his are the kind of spectators, things are kind of happening to them at the moment and they haven't quite taken the agency to take control of the situation yet. But but my story is doing left turns, diagonals, loop to loops. <laughs> like, I can't actually keep up with it. It was going to be quite a insular story and now the whole world is invaded. So, I mean, how does <laughs> that happen? very quickly. Um, and then I got to the end of a chapter the other day, and the Prime Minister had drugged one of my protagonists. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this story needs to chill out. However, my Prime, Minister's, my Prime Minister name, um, I, I, t- I turned to my dad the other day, and I asked, uh, what should I call a Prime Minister? Um, okay, get this. Valerie... Colton Brown. Ooh, oh, I, feel it. I feel that. Right? I'm, How prime ministry is yeah. that? Yeah, I'm really glad that Labour got in that year. Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's definitely a Tory. She drugs people. So. Oh, okay. Well, well, what? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's not a good time to talk about the ethics of politicians right now. <laughs> no, um. it's not, is it? But, um, but yeah, and yeah. So I'm, I'm. My characters are kind of doing as, as expected, but they're, they're a little bit cooler. Um, I've got. Um, all female protagonists and my prime minister is female too oh. uh, which is quite interesting because I not, I nearly wrote because I've got um, the librarian I've got a hacker um, and the hacker was originally going to be male and I was like <laughs> I was like why I'm going to make it I'm going to make it female <laughs> I, I, I immediately placed the hacker as a female as a male character so I switched it and then I nearly made the prime minister male so I switched it. So I'm making sort yeah. of a lot of choices to try and put more women in it. I and I'm a woman, cool. and I had to make conscious decisions. I found this a problem because I, when I started writing the story, I was like, I could write it as a woman. Why not? It's a fantasy book written from the perspective of a woman. I mean, they're not uncommon, but they're not as common as main ones. Mm. But I started reading a lot of books written from a female uh, protagonist perspective. I was like, I can't do this well and do it justice by having this character believable. But in the same time, I, I don't want a lot of the concepts that a lot of the books with female protagonists in fantasy come up against, because um, I can't remember what it, I'm reading at the moment, but it is a book about uh, a woman who's joined like a, a militia, and she's working her way through the ranks, and it's all kind of very military-esque. Uh, it's written by an ex-marine, uh, uh, female marine, but there's a lot of kind of sexual abuse stuff, and I'm like, I don't want that in my universe, and I don't want my female characters to be placed in it, and I cannot write that well, and I just don't want to include it. And I was like, I can't write female characters well, so I won't insult them by doing so. That's fair. That's fair. 
I am female though, so that's why. I am. Well, that does I work really well. Do you have a unique perspective from our point of view? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I've got the I'm interesting. I'm the only one that I can get out of, out of the four of us that's writing cross gender. Then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My main protagonist is male. Yeah, I found because I, 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 I made I had it in my head that it was a woman. Originally, the concept was going to be a film of some kind, I think. But um, so I always had it in my head that she was a woman, and I did consider changing it when I started writing for the same kind of reasons of not thinking that I could write it efficiently and why didn't you change it because the story is so much about her relationship with her mother that i i I feel Um. like particularly in literature there's too much focus on the relationship between a mother and a son that there's not a lot about the different roles of female identity in those kind of relationships there's you they're always you're just like your mother you're this you're that there's no strained relationships that are explored Honestly, from both oh, perspectives, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to make the mother too much of a bad guy, but at the same time, I want she's to show a bit of a bad both... guy. Well, no, they're just both. <laughs> she's they're, a bit of both a bitch. in their rights. I think is what I'm looking for. I don't want yeah. either of them to come off bad, but I also want it to be obvious that both of them are responsible. Yeah, yeah. which that's really interesting. Really difficult to do when the mother's not around. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't get much of a chance to defend herself. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of interplay between female. Like characters. Well, it's the um, the Bechdel test. It's the whole the, in yeah. literature. Women only really are there to support the positions that men take in literature. So it's interesting to fo- try have the focus of the story being just their relationship to each other. Well, it's quite cool that within our four stories, though, there's there seems to be quite a lot of women, like just sort of you know across yeah. all of our stories. So that's nice. What well on team? <laughs> Yay, so, women! Yeah, one of the main bits for me. I've got, obviously got my main protagonist and. <clears throat> One of the concepts that you guys had given me was that he's being followed by a familiar face. Mm-hmm. His familiar face is his uh, dead daughter, <gasps> which will be explained oh. why she's oh the one following gosh. him. But sh- she, I yeah. did think it would be a woman, you know. When I well, when I threw the concept out, I was like familiar face, and in my head it was like um, a former friend or or someone he knew. And I was like, I was like, I could picture a female face, and I, I have literally no idea why. There was no there's no trend lines pointing to that, but yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And so, super yeah, scary. Um, <laughs> well, you'll find out why and, and all that. I love how we all reacted. We were all like, <gasps> oh my That's God. exactly oh, the reaction I wanted, so that's good. Not not like, oh, uh, cool. Dead kid, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, at least you didn't it. go, all right, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> settle down, settle down. <laughs> Could you try starting your novel again? Yeah. Like they say, not to edit, but I think you should. (laughs) We take back all the advice we gave you. (laughs) So my book's about Hitler as a lover. Yeah, possibly redo everything there. Yeah, just do an undo, not a redo. Have you tried Alt F4? (laughs) Uh, Delete System 32, and that should fix a lot of your potholes. That should fix that right up. So what what else? What um? How are people doing? Because I know that um. Maybe a few of us are not hitting our word target I currently. Knew this would come. I and know. and or soon. Getting better um, at it. And I know that one of us is doing very well. So, Chris, I, I'm, I'm, do you I'm have any in the tips? Blanks. I'm filling in the blanks. <laughs> well, Chris, I know that you are a prolific writer and you do write very quickly. And I've, I've known you for a few years now and this has always been the case. So, can you give us some hints or tips? Please. Um, no. We're all, we're all literally, <laughs> um, like, come on. I think Show my main thing, like one thing that I've done this time that has actually Sam. made it a lot quicker, um, 
two seconds. I'm just going to quickly share an image to all of you because this is the old. All I can see is Sam's face. It's already been print screen. Don't worry. It's so bad. It's all I can Have see. we all print screen that? Oh, oh yes. I'm just getting a Microsoft Paint open now, so. Edit that. Amazing. Just put a magneto helmet on him. That's what I used to do. Every time me and Sam were on Skype, I print screen him and put a magneto helmet on him. That is the entirety of my planning which obviously you may want to put in the show notes or something. Um, but that's the entirety of the planning I've done for mine. It's basically a little bit about each character, the symbol, the sim- um, symbolism I want to use, oh, the location, okay. and the themes. So literally every oh. time I hit a point where I don't know what to do, I just look back down at what I've got, and I just think, right, well, I haven't talked about this in a while. How can I make that the focus here? That's, that's so good. Because, like... Okay. Well, you you heard my biggest problem. My biggest problem is I literally have no idea what's happening, and I I know where I need to get to. But I feel like I feel like going back and doing something like what you've done um, might actually be quite useful for me, especially now I've got two storylines. Yeah. Because um, I know exactly where they're all heading, but it is that feeling of like just having something to fall back on to check and go, okay, this is this is what I need to do. I literally have it. I have it printed out in very, very tiny font because it barely fits on a page because it's so sprawling. Um, But I have it on the desk in front of me. So I literally, as I'm looking at my hands to type, it is right in front of my face. That's really good. I had to type mine up. This is just making me realise how unprepared I am, but this is good. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm so unprepared. Me too. I'm kind of enjoying that. This is the least prepared I've ever been. I don't actually like. I you, I've got one section that says events, and there's like the five things that I need to hit, but I have no mm. idea how I'm getting between them. Yeah, is that quite a new way of writing for you? Yeah, I normally I know exactly where they are going to go, and it's just how they feel about it that's the bit that's different. And then halfway through, they go, "No, I'm not going to go that way anymore." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. At least this way she can figure out her own route. Has anybody else actually, on the topic of that, had the aha moment yet? That moment where you suddenly realise something about your story suddenly makes way more sense than you ever planned it to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had I had that Can't yesterday. Can't say I have yet, to be honest. I had that yesterday during my marathon sprint that I did of 2,500 words. Um, so uh, I'll tell you a bit about it, if you want. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it was when I introduced the second protagonist because so essentially all the books in the world have gone. So like oh. Um but I started thinking about it and I thought, well, unless there's sentimental value on a book or you really love having a hard copy of a book, actually if all the books disappeared, they're all online. Mm, yeah. yeah. So so I started thinking about the implications of that and I was like, well actually Everybody might be a bit miffed because, you know, their signed version of this or their illustrated version of this. Or you know, I'd be really sad because I've got some books that I've bought just because they are beautiful. Um, yeah, I but, would be utterly inconsolable. I know. Um, for the rest so like, of time. <laughs> but but I, I just thought, you know, for, for a lot of people, eh, I could just read it on Google Books so I can get the Kindle version, whatever. So then I started thinking, okay, well, then I need... I need the internet to go down. Yeah. And and oh. and then I was like, but then if if this character represents if my current character represents the person who still has books, we need another character that represents the person who still has internet. 
So then all of a sudden oh. these two storylines and like how they might crisscross and how they might meet, despite the fact they will never meet in person, suddenly became really interesting to me. And I was like, ah. Oh. As you started saying it, I could pr- really picture it in my head as well. Yeah, so suddenly... How these separate storylines would, would emerge. Yeah, so suddenly like suddenly it just it felt like a much broader story a much more interesting story but also um also more believable it suddenly made made the the peril work a bit more because um yeah because i don't there's some people that just wouldn't really care for the printed books went so i've got i've got a kindle i've got a kindle or i don't read so never mind and i am not friends with any of those people no, no. <laughs> but they do exist. Um, but yeah, no, so so I suddenly had that bit of a bit of an aha <laughs> moment about that. I I I had this, a similar kind of thing. I had two different storylines that I've now like my aha moment was realizing how they connected as well. Because mm. I have this storyline of the main character and her mother, and I have this other storyline of this world beyond the walls and everything that happened there. And I ha- I was talking to um, mine and Becky's mutual friend Anissa. Um, at work the other day and trying to explain to her the story and the characters and I just had this moment where I went I've already written the pieces to connect together I didn't even I looked back and realised that I'd introduced a character cryptically about 15,000 words before he was supposed to be there (laughs) but in a way where I was like I feel like I already in the back of my head knew that there was going to be this twist at the end but I didn't realise I'd done it very nice that's so cool a really good experience I hope that people get the same feeling when they read it as I got when I discovered it yeah awesome what's everybody's next step I've got to get my character to participate in act two really he's just it's just a lot of introduction he's just gotta get in there muck it yeah because it's (laughs) because it's a new world I've got to throw a lot of world building concepts in but I'm trying mm. to do it light. Uh, it's a lot of familiar themes, like it's a it's a scholastic city, and that's where that book's going to take place. And uh, I've already introduced concepts that are going to play with that. Like uh, he's not going to be very book smart, um, but he's going to try really hard and do the best he can. But he's also going to be part time, kind of uh, for bed and board. He's going to be working with the city guard. So there's going to be this kind of physical interaction. Um, so I'm going to try and do stuff. And the dogs just decide to burst in the room. So Indy! <laughs> hey, Bins. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to... Act 2, I'm going to really try and ramp up some of the major concepts that I want to introduce. Uh, but that's Ooh. that's difficult because I'm trying to figure out how this character acts and what's yeah. happening there. But I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Those two little thumbs up that the audience can see were really wonderful. Uh, Becky, so where for are you me, oh sorry, Jamie. Oh, sorry, no, no. Um, I was just going to say, for me, my next step is fleshing out my outline a little bit, so I've got a bit more direction of where I'm going to go. Because, kind of conversely to you, Sam, how you said um, you're, you know how you want to end it, and it's how you get there. I'm more, I knew how I wanted to start it, and I don't know where it finishes. Mm. Oh, don't so worry, I a lot to... of lot of sci-fi books I read don't have a good ending. So, like. Uh... Oh, yeah, so that, that's absolutely fine. I won't be uh, booking the trend. No, it's it, it's for me just just finding a satisfying way to end it will will give me a bit more peace of mind. But that's, that's probably cool. my next step. Do you think the sort of, um, like, spider diagram-y thing that um, Chris sent might be useful? 
Yes, absolutely. That's really um, cool. I might do one of those myself. How actually. I've previously done outlines has generally been like wall of text, and it's just yeah, it's awful just impenetrable at, after a certain point. Use. Yeah, exactly. Something like that would be quite useful. Actually, I will take that away from from this. Uh, Chris, did you use a certain program to make that? I did. It's um, it is actually. I think it's freeware. I'm not sure if it's open source, but I used FreeMind. Oh, okay. Right there, down, everybody. I was actually Google going to say, that. is there any software that people are specifically using or any tools that they think have helped the process for them? Pen I... and paper. But um, when I <laughs> but when I type it up, I'll probably put it into Writer. I love Writer. It's super good. It's oh, really worth checking out. I am so haven't. upset I can't use it on my Mac. I'm so upset. Really? You don't mm-hmm. use it on Mac? That's really disappointing. No, um, they, yeah, so um, I'll use that. Yeah, I, I love so, all of Space Jock's software, actually. Everything he's done is amazing. So for someone like me, who's maybe never heard of <coughs> Wirewriter, is that a word processing thing you use, say, instead of Microsoft Word? It's very specifically oh. for novel writing. Okay. Um, so right. you break your novel down into chapters. You can break those chapters down into scenes. You can keep track of um, like your tension, your um, emotions, your plot, so you can have a graph of how you're dealing with everything. It's got a lot of tools that aren't necessary, but are really useful. Yeah, that you can okay. kind of dip into as and when you, you feel you need them. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice way of organising it. I find that for me, um, being able to split them, split chapters into physically different sort of places and, d- and sections really helps to... Um, I'm I'm quite a messy headspace person, so I need to keep all of that stuff clean. <laughs> I, I might I might look at that. We'll we'll include it in the I'm show notes. Check uh, that also, I'm using Google Docs mainly because I'm uh, all I've got at the moment is a desktop, and I work uh, away from home a lot of the time, so I use my work laptop. I I feel funny leaving a Word document on my work laptop, um, so I kind of just have it on Google Docs, which they can read anyway. But like. Uh, it just gives that degree of separation that I'm okay with. But yeah, why writer mm. sounds interesting. It's good. Mm. Cool. Oh, so that's quite a few little things there. That's good. Well done, team. Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Mac. Um, for those who are like me and therefore can't use why writer and cry every night about it, um, <laughs> I'm actually using a uh, another free piece of software called Jen Jazz Novel Writer Hut. Um, which it, it's got some of the same functionality as Writer, but I actually do think that Writer does it better. But for a Mac alternative for those people who need it, I would highly it recommend Jazz Novel Writer. Oh, that's great. <laughs> awesome. What about soundtracks? What's everyone been listening to or watching while writing, if there's anything? So I love listening to um, things like movie soundtracks or classical pieces of music anyway. Nice. I... I always have to have something that doesn't have lyrics i find they really distract me so i try and have it fairly low but whatever i'm listening to whether it's something like mogwai or whether it's something more classical like say a beethoven or whatever i'll just have it on in the background personally it helps me focus a bit but with i've recently been doing uh this is part of one of the reasons i want to write it uh part of the dyslexia sports support stuff at work have recommended that i have some kind of not necessarily white noise but a kind of noise ticking over so i've been listening to what's called like a study a study playlist and it's just loud booming strings or natural sounds but actually i've been really getting into the recent alt j album uh, but it's quite sad and i'm trying not to listen to it um but i usually lean back on this massive uh 80s synth wave 
track on SoundCloud that just I use a lot of work, so I kind of switch off and know that that noise is happening, and I can just cancel everything out. Nice. I I listen to um, a musician uh, called Lights and Motion, oh. who is amazing. My brother Brett introduced me to him, and it's just a one-man thing, but the music is incredible. And Jamie, I think based on what you listen to, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, What's uh, say it again. What's he called? A lights and motion. Um, cool. And Sam, I've been listening to that thing you introduced me to on YouTube that just plays that really chilled stuff. Yeah. It's like a, almost like a radio station, isn't it? What's it called? Was, is it the chill hop thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind I think of like... If you just search chill hop, you'll find it, won't you? Or chill, chill any station. There seems to be a lot of kind of YouTube... 24-hour streams where they just play mm. relaxed tracks of whatever variety. I find Chill Hop's good, whatever but it's too need. it's too punchy for writing. Um, I basically... uh, see, I quite like that because I sort of I sort of jig as I write. Yeah. I, I need I need kind of I need rhythm, which is why Lights and okay. Motion is very good. I I need rhythm, and then I write I, to the rhythm, which helps. I need I I need basically I need something that's light white noise without me just hearing static all the time. So I tend to need like I find chanting's very good with like waterfall noises and wind and things. Um, okay. So I, I theme my soundtracks based on what I'm writing. I don't know if anyone else does that, but um, yeah, I, I do definitely that. skip traps if they don't feel appropriate to what I'm writing. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I'm... I'm listening to a, a impersonator for Edith Piaf. That's Ooh. actually what I, um, who I saw at the Wales Millennium Centre last year. Um, and her whole album's on Spotify, so I just put that. Because it's got the kind of rhythm and the time period that I want to be feeling for the house that she's in, but because it's mm-hmm. all in French, I'm not paying attention to lyrics, and therefore I'm not getting distracted. Uh, okay. Oh, that's tr- really cool. I, I tried thematic, because I was trying to... I think the era that I'm going for is similar to what the Witcher series goes for, but I listened to that soundtrack, and I was like, no, it's, it's too much fighting, and people are like, I, I know what's happening during this soundtrack, so I tuned out mm. again alright so it sounds like we've had a pretty good start uh, we will be back hopefully next week uh, with what we're doing and how we're, say, how we're doing before we go yeah? what, are our, what are our plans for this week where do we want to be by the time we come back to do the next show I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to have the uh, the suggested word count behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. meant more like content rather than quality um, com- um, quantity. What's your I, goal by the end of this week, storyline wise? I I want to be at a point where where although the characters aren't meeting, they're interacting, and oh, I don't know how to say it. It's interesting, and I want to be at that point, but you guys can't know what it is yet. I'm sorry, that's a really (laughs) crappy answer, because I don't quite know how to describe it, but it's good, yeah. As long as you can tell us next week whether or not you've you've met that, yeah. I just kind of want to get to the the crux, I think, the sort of, the the first kind of tension going up, and the, the small rebellions that my characters start to enact. Okay. I want my character to realise his flaws and understand the consequence of those. Not yet to kind of overcome them, but kind of uh, decide what those flaws mean and uh, decide what he's going to do. 
I think for me, having a coherent ending so that I have something to aim for, but then it for me it will be getting to the point which it sounds like you're you're almost at Sam where Act Two is kicked off and it's what how does everything respond to that? That's where I want to be yeah. at. My aim is just to find a way to slow down my protagonist so that I can fill out the whole <laughs> rest of the. <laughs> She's going too just quickly for me. Break her leg or something? Like surely that would. <laughs> oh my god! I've wow. Done, okay. I've done worse things to fictional characters that wouldn't. Oh me. yeah, no, me, me and Chris are terrible to our characters. Um, I, really I, I um, sent Sam some of my short stories, and I was like, "Hey, I write oh, stuff Jesus. sometimes." And Sam was just like. Are you okay? <laughs> like you, you seem like talk? such a happy person. Like what happened? I was like, I do write happy things sometimes. Yeah, but Becky, you've bloody eagled this child uh, just to make <laughs> just to make an illustrative point. That was like five times, Sam. Just five. Just five. Yeah, for for the sake of my own reputation, that's not true. That's not true. I, it was I, six times. It was six, it was six yeah. times. <laughs> yes. We are including the 14-year-old as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, fantastic. Uh, in the show notes, I'm going to include all the things we've talked about that have links to, especially those uh, assisted writing programs. I'm also going to, uh, because I'm a nutter, I'm also going to include a link to my Google Docs document so people <gasps> can read along as I'm writing, and Bold. you're not allowed to comment because I've turned those off. Uh, <laughs> how am I ever going to do any writing now? I'm just going to be reading your stuff all the time. Yeah, That's... I'm going to be watching it live. <laughs> yeah, you can you can watch it live uh, whenever I get round to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, our other links, uh, so you're listening to this either on iTunes, if you've managed to find it, or most likely on SoundCloud, which will be soundcloud.com forward slash buy the book cast. That's by as in B-Y, not B-U-Y. And Facebook, we're at at by the bookcast. And you can even email us at thebookcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I'd like to thank uh, my kind co-hosts, Becky. Yeah. Chris. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> and Jamie. Thank you very much. And we'll join you next week when we're all in floods of tears because we realise we're terrible people who can't write. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.